Greetings and welcome to the African Spirit Reintegrated and Reimagined Podcast. I am Asani Brogan, owner of Asani Coaching Services, and in this episode, I am discussing the basics of connecting with African deities. So this is going to be more so of the who, what, when, where, and why type of deal versus explaining what the African deities are and and their attributes, because that's something that you'll get into later on down the line if you are new to practicing within an African tradition. This is one of those basic topics that anybody who is starting in an ATR needs to know about before they jump in and dive too deeply without understanding the nuances of this process. One of the reasons why I chose to do this topic is because I encounter this quite often in my coaching business. So I work with people who want to get started in ATR and things like that. And what I find quite often is that people want to jump right into the spirits, the higher level spirits, that is the, you know, Orishas or the Waz, Wudan, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the name is in the system that they are interested in practicing in. And that can actually be a very costly mistake if you're not aware of what you're doing and you just go head first into the practice without first backing up to check in with yourself. So I always advocate taking time out to self-examine and evaluate whether this process is for you at all. Because most people don't really understand the nuances that are involved in ATR. They just see it as something that my ancestors practice. I want to go back to my ancestral heritage or lineage and this is the way to do it. And that is a beautiful thing whenever somebody decides to embrace their ancestral lineage and heritage and bring those dynamics forward into the current era. The issue is that some people put the cart before the horse, so to speak, and so they lead with the higher end and the higher expectations of the practice versus taking out the time to really understand what it is. So that's the first step is just to connect with your own self and understanding where you are in your spiritual journey. The next step would be to begin a practice of ancestral veneration. So you just get used to that dynamic and also connect with your ancestors because that's a major part of any African traditional religious system. So do understand that. So when you approach ATR, the best route again is to go through those preliminary steps first before you get into serving the energies. That doesn't mean that you can't learn about them or that you shouldn't learn about them because you absolutely should be in a process of studying, researching, and understanding the deities and how to connect with them. Because once you begin to establish that connection, do understand that you are establishing a connection with a spirit okay and this is not something to be taken lightly whatsoever very much so akin to a marital relationship especially when you get to those higher levels of like initiation or what have you and in doing so when you do connect at that higher level there's no going back okay it's not a space where you can kind of get a divorce if you will similar to a marriage in the physical realm Instead, 
you will have to maintain that relationship or either suffer the consequences of establishing a relationship at that level with the spirit and then neglecting it and not maintaining it in which case you will probably endure quite a few negative things in your life and it's not to say that that spirit is evil is or is bringing forth those things however the purpose in you connecting with that spirit was for you to have protection wisdom knowledge and understanding so when you choose to not maintain that relationship with the spirit deity or energy what happens is that you don't get the benefits from that relationship or connection in the same way that you do when you do maintain that connection so do be careful with that so I discussed this a bit before when I talked about, you know, African spirits in a previous podcast episode. And what I'm referring to here is what most people think about when we say Orishas, Luaz, Wudan, and other spirits throughout the African diaspora. Again, they'll go by different names. For the purpose of simplicity, I'm going to use the name Orishas throughout this particular episode because most people are familiar with that term and Orisha terminology is used, of course, on the continent in the Yoruba system, but also quite frequently throughout the diaspora because of the connection to the Yoruba system with that particular name. So when it comes to ATR systems, everyone is thought to have what we consider to be a guardian spirit, a head orisha, loamettet, depending on the system that you're coming from. In certain systems, they are actually considered to be two. So generally we say your head orisha. So that's the energy or the spirit that governs your head. Whereas in other traditions where they consider it to be two, one will govern the head and one will govern the feet. Just it all depends on the context that you're coming from. The role of this spirit is to help you out in your journey, to guard you, to protect you, to guide you, to accept things on your behalf, to negotiate on your behalf, etc., etc. So it's pretty much like having a mother or father depending on the gender of the particular energy that governs you so this could be considered you know a mother spirit or a father spirit that leads and guides you and helps you and nurtures you etc etc again it's a guardian spirit so it would do pretty much similar things to what a person who guards you does in the physical realm and use that guardian in the physical realm would be your mother, your father, could be someone else, depending on what happened throughout the transition of your birth process and throughout your childhood thereafter. Another important class of spirits is likewise your astral mates, which are referred to as your Egbe or Egbe Orun in the Yoruba tradition. So these are your comrades in heaven. Those energies that support your journey and ensure that you basically do not return back to a room or heaven ashamed for not accomplishing or completing your destiny. All of these energies play a very pivotal role in your growth and development and in you advancing towards your soul mission while you are on earth. Now, in the traditional sense of an Orisha, your astral mates are not 
really on that same level though some people may refer to astral mates as orishas it's really fine but it's not the exact same concept so your astral mates are usually in the heavenlies but sometimes they can also transition back and forth on the earth during your earthly sojourn so it may be that you leave your astral mates behind and you come to have your experience here on earth whereas you're you know those that are left behind or doing their job and then at some point during your journey on this earth one or a few of your astral mates may actually come down to heaven and join you so you may end up meeting up with that individual or individuals throughout the course of your life experience and they may transition before you or after you it just depends and some of your astral mates who were your astral mates i should say before you left or rune or heaven came down before you so when you come into this experience you ended up you end up meeting with them and it may be for an extended period of time or it may be for a very very short period of time but you will meet up with this individual or individuals according to the purpose or the plan that you need in your life so it may be somebody that end up, ends up hiring you a supervisor or a boss or someone like that who ends up being a very dear mentor to you and guiding you and showing you and leading the way and you may only experience that job for maybe about five six years little bit longer then you transition to another position and you may never ever talk to that person again but that person was able to play a pivotal role in helping you to advance in your career and or spiritual emotional development it could have been in any part of your life beyond just the job but they were there for a reason they could have just been there to you know hire you been in that position so they were the one to hire you and bring you on board so you would get that particular job and you would be able to make a certain amount of money or learn certain lessons and that person could actually leave right after you take that position okay um some of your egg bay or rune are actually members of your family so you may share that same astral code if you will with individuals of your family who you know you join in this earthly space to accomplish a certain goal and you had to learn certain things from them or um, assist them or they had to assist you in certain areas of your life so that you could achieve your destiny everyone's astral team is a little bit different has a different makeup everyone won't necessarily have to connect with their astral mates in the same way it just depends on your destiny and what promises that you made before you came down into the earthly realm so that's another class of spirits that is talked about quite frequently in the Yoruba tradition we don't see that dynamic mentioned or discussed as much in the diaspora because some of that knowledge obviously was lost as we transition so you don't see it in some of the traditions that are practiced in America or the Caribbean islands etc etc you usually have to connect back with the Yoruba tradition or another tradition on the continent because this concept is not exclusive to the Yoruba tradition they have just been more instrumental in bringing forth that knowledge to the diaspora more so than other traditions and even the Yoruba have just been instrumental in 
the connection between the diaspora and Africa on a whole nother level, especially in the West. So I'm referring to particularly in America and in the Caribbean islands, North and South America. In these spaces, again, it's because of that language dynamic and the close proximity, et cetera, et cetera. The Yoruba kept their tradition intact for thousands of years beyond some of the other systems on the continent were able to do. Even the other systems, though, the challenge with that with people in America and these areas is that is that language dynamic, that language barrier, especially for English speaking people. Okay, so you know we still do have the traditions of Benin, for instance, which is a French-speaking country. Likewise, in Haiti and parts of the Louisiana dynamic, that that language is still alive in certain areas, especially the um, Creole version of it. So that connection is still there with people groups from those areas. The challenge, again, with people who are predominantly English-speaking is that they have to connect with the system in which they can get information in a language that they understand. So moving forward, the primary way that we connect with African deities and ATRs is through altars and shrines and, you know, consecrated pots, icons, bees. You may have seen all of these different things or heard about all of these different things in different capacities if you've done research on the traditions and you'll see all of these different items being a part of the dynamic. And they are very, very important because these are means for us to be able to really connect with our spirits to help us to remember our spirits as well. Um, many people have quite a few members of their spiritual team and it can be very difficult to remember these particular spirits. So having an item in front of you to venerate, to speak to that spirit, to give offerings to that spirit is a very important part of the process. Now, when it comes to the traditions as practiced on the continent, you will typically have consecrated items that are utilized for this purpose. So those would be your spirit pots or a shrine that's dedicated to a specific energy, an icon, um, the lakey bees that we see throughout the um, diaspora. We see them in Nigeria, but they're actually used in other parts of the um, continent as well, as well as in the diaspora. The lucky bees are very, very popular. They have become popular in recent years. But do keep in mind that when you get these items, they must be consecrated in order for them to serve in that purpose or that role that you need them to serve in as far as having a higher level connection with that spirit or energy. You can actually feel the energy from consecrated items. I'm not really referring to items that you could just go and buy out of a store because that is possible um, where people go and just purchase items um, like Elaki beads. I see this quite often. People who don't really practice tr the tradition, they wear Elaki beads around their neck because, you know, for them it's just fashion. For others, it is spiritual but they don't really understand the dynamic of actually having to have these items consecrated in order for them to serve their original purpose. 
Um, for other systems, you may end up setting up an altar to an Orisha Luab, other energy within your spiritual tribe. That's very common throughout the diaspora where we didn't have access to the knowledge and also the materials to bring forth a spirit pot in the same way or a spiritual icon even in the same way that was done on the continent. It still is done on the continent. So what happened in some traditions, especially like with the Haitian voodoo, the Louisiana voodoo, and even other, you know, derivatives of African spiritual traditions that are practiced in the Americas, we see people set up altars. They set up their own personal altars and dedicate those altars to those spirits. Now, that's kind of the how of it. There are other ways. It's a stepped approach. It should be a stepped approach for the average person. So most of the time people will start with that process of, you know, getting there, maybe even a lucky beast. That's one of the things that I like about the Bible of the world that I work with is that he actually will start people off oftentimes, not all the times, but oftentimes with Eleki beads versus getting a full-on Orisha pot. Because when you're new to the tradition, it may absolutely come up that you need to connect with your head Orisha if you get a reading. And most people want to go ahead and jumpstart that process and you know get a spirit pot. Well, a spirit pot is something that you have to care for. It's very much so akin to you know, taking care of a small child, for instance, okay? That means that you have to feed that pie. You will have to do this at least once a week or sometimes, you know, every five days. It just depends on your approach to it. The traditional way is every five, five days. But in the diaspora, some people are starting to lean more towards the once a week practice just because the diaspora system is very different than the systems that's practiced on the continent. It's a whole different vibe when you practice on the continent and if you practice somewhere like in America. In America, you have this really hustle mode lifestyle where, you know, everything is rush, 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 go, go, go. Whereas on the continent, life is just much more laid back. So you have a whole lot more time to engage in these processes than you typically would in America, especially if you work for someone else and so you have to get up and do all of your ritual work, et cetera, et cetera, prepare yourself for work or you know do that when you get back home. Either way, it can be much more challenging in the diaspora where you have a whole lot more, you know, fast moving energy, hustle mode, hustle vibe type of energy going on versus that laid back, chill, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it type of mode on the continent. But either way it goes, when you get one of these pots or an icon, it's very important for you to care for that pot or icon. So going back to what I was saying, one of the things that happens with the priest that I work with, he will oftentimes suggest that the person gets the lucky beads. He will, you know, allow them to do the spirit pot if that's what they want to do. But his counselors usually start small for people in the diaspora who aren't used to these systems. If you just started, you know, it may not be the best idea to just go ahead and get a pot 
right away just because it comes up in divination. You can get it at a later point. That being said, it is important to do what comes up in divination. So I'm not dismissing that point. But this is definitely something that you need to be prepared for. Again, this is a tiered approach. Most people don't step into these systems and go straight for initiation. That is not the normal way that you should do it. That's not even the normal way that it's done on the continent for people who grow up in the system. They take a tiered approach. They're guided and led by elders and their families friends whomever is you know with them when it comes to their practice of course so they will tend to get these things done at a much earlier age than people in the diaspora who may come into the practice in adulthood but it's still a stepped approach it's not they come out of the womb and just get initiated they have to go through certain processes so that they come to a knowledge and understanding of what they're doing and what this means so what happens is you may start there with the Lakey Bee. So you may start with you know, a consecrated pot, icon, shrine, altar, and you start working with that energy first. And then the next tier is, you know, to get initiated. If that's something that you choose to do, it is not, I want to phrase this properly, you know, I'm going to say it's not mandatory but in a very loose way because it is and it isn't mandatory if it comes up in your reading that you need to get initiated you need to get initiated that's the way it goes but at the same time that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get initiated right away and you can still choose whether this is the path that you want to take or not you still have a choice. You're not forced to do it. Initiation will, if it comes up in your reading, then that means that it's important to you and it will help you to really navigate your destiny, and your soul mission in a much better way. But again, you have the right not to do so. You'll never be compelled to do so in a system. If anybody tells you otherwise, you need to run away from that person because this is a personal choice and as i said earlier initiation is not something to be taken lightly this is why you need to do it in a stepped approach so when you come to the system and like maybe you get the elaki beads first and then you go to that next level of getting your consecrated pot then you get initiated this is very similar to the process of marriage so you know, your lucky beats will be like that courtship phase is just kind of getting to know you type of energy going on. You're trying to navigate with that energy. You have your lucky beats. You're getting to know and understand more about that particular spirit. You're getting to feel for what that energy feels like on you. If you wear your lucky beats on a regular basis, hopefully you're researching and studying at the same time. So you understand more about the spirit that you're working with then the next tier could be you getting the spirit pot which is more like a more like an engagement stage where you're really really getting to know a person and you're preparing you know to live together you're preparing a home 
together with this individual. You're kind of going out, you know, doing all the shopping and preparing for the wedding, etc., etc. So that's your spirit part or your icon that you're working with because you're spending time deeper level time with this energy you're giving you're feeding the energy with different things you're really getting to know the energy what are you know what do they like what do they need to be fed with um and just kind of getting an overall deeper level view of what that means at that point you know you you brought that energy into your space into your home most likely if you're in the diaspora but you know maybe into a temple or an outdoor space or what have you possibly if you're in the diaspora but definitely if you're on the continent because those items are typically housed outside on the continent now the next phase would be the wedding okay and then the marriage so initiation would be more so the process of um the wedding itself the initiation is just one process so after you get initiated, that's when the marriage starts. That's why I separate the two because the initiation is the ceremony, just like a wedding is a ceremony, but the wedding is not the marriage itself. It just starts the marital process. Thereafter, you have to live with the spirit, understand the spirit. You are infinitely connected to the spirit when you get initiated right and it's just like taking care of a marriage taking care of marriage vows you have to spend time with that spirit and get to know that spirit and work with that spirit so that you two have an amicable relationship just as you would if you were married to a person in the physical realm that's the process that's how it goes this is one of the reasons why it is just so important to take a tiered approach to it as i said before this is one of the reasons why this episode was so necessary because i have these conversations all the time with people who just want to go straight to the process of connecting with their orisha you know head spirit guardian energy what have you without truly understanding the dynamics of these relationships and what they're about how to nurture them properly and how to have a successful effective experience in this process because it's not just about one up setting up an altar and it's also not about connecting with a spirit that is not for part of your spiritual team this is another thing that i get quite often people will go and read about a spirit or learn about it some way maybe a video what have you and in doing so they fall in love with that energy and they're like yes i want to connect with oshun for instance because she brings wealth and love and all of these beautiful luxury things into a person's life so they choose to set up an altar for oshun some people may even go out and just you know buy those consecrated oshun bees as i said before or in some kind of way, they start to establish a connection with Oshun. And they make a big mistake there. They can make a big mistake there, I should say, because they don't know if Oshun is their head or their guardian spirit or Risha. And that's very critical. Guys, you don't want to skip that part. Divination is crucial for you to understand who your guardian spirit is before you just start making connections with any spirit. Just because you are enthralled with the attributes of that energy and you just want to move forward in that connection, that spirit may not be 
working with you. Their spirit may not want to work with you. So you can end up wasting a whole lot of time, money, and energy connecting with a spirit who is not part of your spiritual team and thereby also offending your guardian spirit. So if you have a guardian spirit, which everyone actually does have a guardian spirit, and you choose to connect with a spirit, another spirit first, who is not your guardian spirit, then you offend that energy just as you would your parents. Right? Let's say your parents brought you up and they raised you and they did a they did good by you, okay? So I'm talking about somebody who has good parents who took care of them, made sure they had all their needs, many of their wants met, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And you just decide to call somebody else mom and dad who is not even working with you or caring for you or at all. You just decide that, hey, I like this person over here. I enjoy their energy. So I'm going to assign them the role of my mother or my father and just start calling this person his name and start, you know, giving stuff to this person and giving them love and energy and so forth and so on. It's the same type of deal when you skip over your head or your guardian spirit and start working with another spirit. It's not that you can't work with other spirits, but I always suggest go through divination to determine what spirits are part of your spiritual team, right? It's just like your family. So it's the same concept. You start with your, your guardian spirit, you know, that's kind of like that mom or dad energy. And then you may have big brothers and big sisters and so forth and so on that come up in different readings. So you may have other spirits within your spiritual team that also needs to be with you. And in do, and bringing in the right spirits into your home and caring for these spirits and feeding these spirits on a regular basis, you are properly aligning yourself with your spiritual team. Versus just going out there and saying, hey, I'm going to connect with XYZ spirit just because I love this energy and I want this particular energy in my life. One dynamic that people also don't understand about that particular process is that even when your head Orisha is governing you, and your head Orisha may be instrumental or have certain attributes that you absolutely like, that doesn't mean that your head spirit is the one that's always going to bring those dynamics into your life. So let's say, for instance, your head Orisha is actually Oshun and you connect with her properly through a consecrated pot or item um that was actually you know given to you from a priest or a priestess and you proceed to appease Oshun every week and you work with her and do all of the things that are necessary to maintain that relationship well when you go and get divination it may come up that you're dealing with some type of financial problem or health problem or um love issue or what have you all of those things that Oshun is known to govern or oversee and it may come up in your reading that you actually need to feed Iyami who are the mothers in that particular instance in order to overcome your particular problem. Oshun may not even come up in that particular reading. So the mothers could be governing that process and, and they need some food in that instance whereas Oshun doesn't. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue to nurture and care for Oshun because you absolutely should. 
you know, establish that connection with her. And she will be instrumental in that process still as the one that, you know, is negotiating on your behalf and, and taking care of you. But in that instance, the Iyami are going to come in and help you out with your problem or your issue, right? And not Oshun. So, you know, that's another reason to really understand the systems. Divination is crucial. It is very, very important. I don't advocate getting divination for every little symbol, simple single thing in your life because I feel like we are meant to live our lives and move forward. But I absolutely do advocate divination when it comes to knowing what spirits to feed and dealing with major life issues. And, you know, if you practice within a system where divination is something that you do on a regular basis to understand your destiny in life purpose, not necessarily just to know the future or not to know what to do in every little single circumstance of your life, but more so to understand what spirits need feeding at that time and how to navigate and move about your experience in a way that is going to serve your highest and greatest good versus just you know, all the time consulting with your priest or priestess every little time that you need to make a decision that's not healthy for you either but i'll do a whole nother episode that covers that in a whole lot greater detail so those that's kind of the how of it right we connect through those pots we connect through the altars the shrines the initiation the lucky bees etc etc why should you connect with your head spirit or an african spirit whether it be your head spirit your astral mates or you know other spirits that are part of your team well, so that you can have a higher level of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in your journey. Connecting with these energies is all about understanding your destiny and helping you to effect positive change in your life so that you can move forward and fulfill your soul mission. That's why we do what we do. It's not all about getting wealth or love or even health, etc., etc. Though our spirits do help us out in those particular areas of our lives, that's not the reason why you should approach it just because you need something in your life. It may be the reason why you first start down that path. That may even be what led you down the path of, you know, experimenting with an ATR. But that should never be the reason why you stay. It's just so that you can get things from spirits. You know, so that they can just you know, take care of you and you don't really plan on having a true or a strong connection or bond to that spirit. It's not necessary for you to make a deep layer connection with the spirit for that. You can go and get a reading and get help in your particular situation without ever getting initiated. Okay? Without ever even getting a spirit pot or what have you. I have these experiences all the time with people who, you know, they just need some help in a particular area of their life that for whatever reason, they chose to come and seek out spiritual counseling and guidance and help with that issue. And, you know, I will help them to get a reading or what have you through the Bible world that I work with. And 
they get that information we do whatever sacrifice is needed in that particular situation they get what they need they keep moving they don't establish a full-on connection and it's perfectly fine you don't have to you shouldn't if you're not willing to maintain a strong healthy vibrant connection with the spirit so this is one of the reasons again why this episode is so important for me personally is to help people to understand the dynamics that are involved in connecting with an african spirit it's not something that you should just go and do because it's the latest greatest thing it's what's trending or what have you or just because you need a certain issue in your life resolved and you think well i'm just gonna go and get initiated for instance just so that my life will be better because that won't necessarily be the case especially if you're not connecting for the right reasons so i am going to conclude this episode by saying that you should definitely take out the time to examine the proper protocol and what it means to connect with an african deity there's no certain amount of time or certain amount of space but i always always advise people to take their time don't rush into it do your research do your homework research by you know reading books talking to people it's very important to have conversations with people who are connected to a system and really understand it it's great to watch videos because there's a lot of really useful information out there that people produce about this subject matter excellent to read books because likewise there are some really great resources available in that arena but i also advocate having those conversations with people who are absolutely practicing within the system a one-on-one conversation right so that you can get your questions answered and the information that you need fleshed out in real time for you because that's going to make a world of difference before you go and start interacting with a spirit or an atr as a whole Again, no set amount of time, but my experience has taught me that a period of between at minimum three to six months, and that's minimal, and really understanding it by doing your research is enough time for you to make a sound decision. So what I mean by that is first do your research and your study until you feel like you are satisfied with that. Then come to the system or you know get a reading or what have you and in doing so then you can travel this path with a whole lot more knowledge there are still things that you will need to know everybody will need to know as they continue their life journey even priests and priests people at the highest level no one will know it all before they leave this particular journey so we are all in a continual process of learning but the goal is for you to set a solid foundation as i said before do some self-examination start working with your ancestors you know work with your ancestors for about three to six months before you even go to get a reading within an atr connect with those ancestral energies first 
because even in that it will give you practice with feeding orishas if you set up a schedule yourself and say hey i'm going to honor my ancestors at least once a week i'm going to do a ritual for them and you maintain that schedule for a period of three to six months it'll give you an idea of what it looks like to feed a spirit on a regular basis then after you do that and you feel like yes this is something that's for me and as you're in that process you're, you're talking to your ancestors and you're getting to know them better they're directing and guiding you and showing you what steps you need to take next you know who you need to connect with as far as getting a reading even because that's nothing to take lightly either right that's a whole nother episode that I, I plan on doing later on it's just exploring that dynamic who to connect with you don't just go and you know connect with any priest or priests just because they say that they are xyz doesn't mean that they're you know necessarily bad or good in that case but they may not be for you just because they are a priest or a priestess of that system no matter how good they may be okay so your ancestors will be able to give you that level of knowledge wisdom and understanding so that you can tailor your journey to go in the right direction thereafter you will begin to understand what this process is all about then you start getting your readings done and you will be able to pace yourself and understand what i need to do in this particular instance in this particular moment of time what is the best route for me to take once you have those basic connections in place first so you know definitely take your time if three to six months is not enough keep going until you feel comfortable enough that this is the path for you don't let anybody rush you or pressure you into doing anything that you're not ready to do after you had enough time to breathe and take in all of the information that you need to take in then i absolutely suggest going down this path if that is something for you it's a beautiful path and by no means do i ever try to discourage anybody from going into it but i do always tell people to take their time and be cautious when they are going down this path don't rush the process because it's not necessary so i hope this message has been very useful to you guys i'm going to go ahead and close ashe please have a very beautiful and blessed day and beyond guys mm -hmm.